The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. episode of the Salumas podcast this is Kalu this is Chris and uh today we're just we're taking it easy it's Chris and I today and uh I guess we'll I don't know if you want to call this like an airing of grievances type of episode like we well, were I don't saying. know you know I just it seemed like you got a lot on your mind big fella and I just wanted to see maybe if you if you felt like sharing that kind of shit with us well I I guess so the past um I mean pretty much this entire year um, I've become a bit of a workaholic. Um, and so my boss, she, she told me that, um, that, that I need to take vacation. <laughs> it's not really a forced vacation, but like, it's a strongly recommended that you take vacation, you know? And when you, if you were to look at some of my, um, if you were to look at my time, uh, I've literally taken one vacation day the entire year. Um, I've taken all of them. <laughs> Have you burned all your? No, I've got a couple left, but yeah. yeah, I was burning through them pretty quick early really? on. Yeah, you know, self care. Yeah, I, that's shit gets framed up as self care, but yeah. you, you know, you you're legit. Out. Well, yeah, you just legit are laying in bed like the the next morning, and you're like, you know what? It would just be great to watch daytime television and eat nachos today. Yeah, I, and I don't know why I I don't do that. Um do you get anxious if you're just kicking it? Like, yeah. Like if you're sitting idle, you you need to be doing something. Yeah, yeah. And and for me, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, but well, you goddamn better be because that's, yeah, I, that's I mean I, I'm okay with it. But I guess it's also like I want to make sure that the things that I'm doing in that time is actually something meaningful, right? Um, but you know when I I, I don't take I don't take time off because maybe maybe because I put a I put a whole lot of pressure on myself. Um I think I put more pressure on myself than than everyone else puts on me. Um I w- I would say some of it is just by the way that I kind of grew up. Um but I don't know. I I don't know why I I can't just like take a break and relax. Well, and and you know like i think that oftentimes like people throw around terms like uh ocd for example mm-hmm. they throw it around and at the end of ocd is disorder yeah. that it has some kind of uh negative impact on your your life mm-hmm. just because you're we'll say and and i'm not saying this about you but in general just because somebody's type a or because they feel the need to fill their time like there's an imperative that's associated mm-hmm. with it doesn't mean it has a negative impact yeah. on their life yeah and and we don't we throw also the term normal around mm-hmm. a whole lot and normal is one of the most meaningless motherfucking yeah. terms it's 100% it's, subjective. It is incredibly <laughs> subjective. Yeah. Uh now you could say like there is 
quantitative normal ranges for any number of behaviors or like uh, diagnostic things. Obviously, those those are pretty reliable. Sure. But what I was thinking about is the allowance for more psychological diversity or what is it, the um, uh, neurological diversity movement. We've talked about that before where it's advocacy regarding autism and certain manifestations of autism being just an, another variation of human psychology. Yeah. But what I liken it to, and I've thought about this before, is that the way you approach work, it's almost like you're a – like it's like cross country or a marathon kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like you are, you're in it. You yeah. immerse in it, you stay in it, you stay on that grind and it's a steady fucking grind for yeah. you. Yeah. Steady fucking grind. And you're happy in that steady grind. I am more of a sprinter. Mm. I like, I like to just fucking chill downtime, do goddamn nothing. And then absolutely obliterate myself yeah. professionally, for um, a burst of for a burst. Yeah, yeah, like I like to go ahead and attack this large volume of work or this this big crisis or issue. I like to just attack it, get it done, get it out of the way, reach that bit of a catharsis that mm -hmm. I feel, and then I don't know if if I'll say I feel entitled mm -hmm. to you know my downtime, but. My point is, my long-winded ass point is, I think that there should be allowance for individuals like yourself that are, when it comes to work efficacy, are much more the cross-country, long-distance, yeah. like steady, crank yeah. it out, whereas there are other people that that work better in spurts. Yeah. You know, for, for me, um, being that I'm in, that sales is a, a big part of my uh my, my job and my responsibility, like at my core, I am a project manager, right? And so when, when you talk about things being a marathon, I 100% I view everything like that. You know, it, everything, there's a big process for a lot of things. And I'm thinking about things like way down the line, right? And so you're right in that everything is sort of spread out for me, but I operate very, very well in that type of mindset. So it's it's juggling that piece and then being like there's these quotas, you know, that you've got to hit for a month, you know. When and when I view people or when I view customers, it's hard to sort of see them in like this is a month goal type thing. I'm sitting here when you start working with me, I'm thinking of what you're doing a year from now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so everything starts it's planning. like chess. Yeah, exactly. It, it's 100% like chess. And so because of that, I I treat every interaction or every customer like a project. And, and there's different phases in there. And when I get a lot of customers, that means a lot of projects. And that means a lot of stress. But then it, and that's truthfully why I don't take the time off because it's like, okay, so today, you know, if, if have you ever heard of a Gantt chart? No. Okay. So in project management, you make a, a Gantt chart will have like, uh, if you were to take like a big calendar or a big graph or something like that, and you would sort of, uh, how, what's the best way to do it? You, you would divide it by like dates or something like that. And then on each of these dates, you would have different milestones where it's like you've done this. And so you shade a certain part where it's like, so 
from this point to this point to hit this milestone. Like quotas? Like Yeah, you sort of shade in that spot. You like, know what I'm saying? Uh, like it, 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 the closest thing I could probably reference would be something like when I worked in a factory, like they were reaching like production quotas and they would yeah, fill yeah. in. They had different, the, uh, they, what they call like, depending on the type of like factory or, or anything like that. They Kaizen. Have different, yeah, they have Kaizen. They have like 5S. They have all sorts of <clears throat> other things out there. And so, like, what I'm doing right now, I'm looking at my phone to get the proper uh, uh, definition of, like, <clears throat> of a Gantt chart. Um, and it, truthfully, it's it's a way to just visualize your progress on multiple projects, right? So, those of you who are listening, look up Gantt charts, G-A-N-T-T. And so, if you can imagine, uh, you know, seeing that Gantt chart, that's kind of how I visualize everything in, in life in general. And so when I have a bunch of those in there, um, I don't, I don't really put my myself, or maybe there's this pressure that I feel like I have to put myself as part of a project, right? Like, okay, you've got to take this time. Like that's your, and I'm doing my air quotes, like self care. But for me, the self care is just getting shit done. Because if you were to sit around and just kind of let it linger, you're not going to be even able to enjoy your free yeah, time. Yeah, I can't enjoy it. So, you know, someone asked me last night, when do you, what do you do to just, to like relax and do nothing? And I, and I was telling them like, that's not how I operate. I don't just do nothing. I'm not that type of person. You know what well, I'm saying? And and you, there, that is what I was going to, going to kind of touch on is, is it definitively that we are these types of people or have has the socialization process and our professional where where we're at professionally um, and any number of other factors reinforced kind of a preconceived notion that we are a certain way and then we just augment that further mm. because again if you look at my profession yeah I, mine is lulls punctuated by crises. Mm -hmm. I cannot. It serves no purpose for me to make a plan because you know what? Mm. None of my shit fucking goes as planned. Never. Yeah. I always, now I will say I make a plan B, a plan C. You know, you set up a safety net in mm -hmm. relation to a lot of this stuff. But by the very nature of my profession, I can't think six months ahead generally because to be quite honest with you, I don't know if that person is going to even be it, alive, be alive right? yeah, yeah, or out yeah. in the community or, mm -hmm. or whatever. But basically what I'm getting at is, do you think it's possible that you and I are missing a piece of, of our toolkit by assigning these static values to ourselves, by saying you're a marathon runner and I'm a sprinter? Yeah. Because it, it coincides with our professional backgrounds and things like that. Would it make sense for us to train ourselves in the other as well? Yeah. Having, like you said, was it Gantt? Yeah, Gantt, yeah. Like, if I were to adopt that and implement that, there, there's a litany of stuff that I gloss over that I could apply that to, and I gloss over it because I assign the value, the static value to myself that I sit on my hands, mm -hmm. wait for the shit to pop off, and then I become incredibly instrumental. Yeah. Why not? Why can't we do both? Do yeah. you think that that 
Oh yeah, that's a plausible thing that we we as human beings we're we are guilty of assigning these static values to yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Instead of saying, okay, there are different types of people that yeah yeah that's true, but maybe we are just as capable of adopting you know that sprinting crisis based capability mm. that marathon consistency based capability yeah. if we just kind of separate ourselves from it sure you know when you when you were talking about uh just the sprinting i'm sort of treating my vacation as a sprint um because when i'm in that when i'm as i've i'm only one day in right uh i have noticed the the need to sort of like put everything else away and like you were saying like you're incredibly instrumental in whatever is going on I'm doing my best to be incredibly instrumental. Like I've had two a day workouts. You know what I'm saying? And at like, the, and what happens at the end of that? I mean, I I feel pretty good. The catharsis, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. So like I've had like two a day workouts. My phone was ringing, and like because I I put myself in that, and I'm now adopting it that sprint mentality. I'm like my phone rang a couple times on Friday, and I literally was I looked down. I was like, shut the fuck up. And like I went back to yeah to just like doing whatever and it, it was and, I was doing. And it doing. does. It's it's those punctuated, I guess I, I don't want to say episodes, yeah. instances, those punctuated instances where you have to invest and exert and put a lot of yourself into it. And at the other side of it, there's less of a need I feel like to fulfill that ongoing, you know, that marathon based yeah. thing. Again, on the other end mm-hmm. of it that you can actually breathe for a moment if you experience, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a crisis, so to speak, Mm -hmm. just something that is this punctuated exertion. Yeah. Yeah. And and where I'm really, really exerting myself is by removing myself from work. And uh, I didn't, I, you know, again, just one day in, I didn't know, um, like, as I, as I enjoy this time away from work i also have noticed like a desire to be back in it again does that make sense oh yeah like you're already you're thinking about the logistical elements of once you once you assume that role again yeah yeah that's perfect yeah once i assume the role of of the job that i have it's almost like like you're looking at another person that's going to actively go and take care of this yeah i'm like this is how i'm going to do this when i get back and it's it's Again, just one day in, it's been pretty good. Um, I'm, you know, I'm excited for tomorrow. I've got, I've got plans to. Um, uh, I'm going to go down to Gallatin, Tennessee, and go and ride a mountain bike trail out there. I'm going to work out. I'm going to come back home, handle shit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's, I, and I'm going to tackle that aggressively. Again, it's like a sprint for me right now. I'm not checking email. I, I started to the other day. And as as it was loading, I just closed the application out. You know. So what do you what would you consider maybe a pitfall to a more marathon based paradigm? What would be one of the pitfalls of that? A, a neg a potential negative. Um, in in my role again, uh, when you are dealing with deadlines and and quotas and like in sales, you you we get or I get commission at the end of the month. So obviously you want to maximize your commission. So you, everything is a bunch of sprints, you know, try to make sure what can we do to make sure that at, by the end of the month, you get this money for your commission. And, um, 
the the way that my role is it's somewhat confusing because like i can i can live very comfortably on my salary alone without without the commission right so it's hard to juggle the two things of project of like managing projects and doing these other things for these customers while also trying to hit these sales goals. So right you there. legit already are implementing both that long distance kind of I'm not of good cons- at the at the short distance thing. And I'm it, not, it causes stress. Yeah. I'm not good at being like, okay, let's make sure to like I've got to close this customer or you know, close this deal or something like that. Because I am thinking of what you're doing you, you know, months down the line, and it's like, well, for the sake of the project, as I do my air quotes, I'm like, maybe we shouldn't do this right now. Maybe we should get these other pieces in order before we do that. So it's consuming. Yeah. And I mean, it, truthfully, it is. I And on the other side, I would say a, a pitfall for something that's much more, you know, sprint-based, those mm-hmm. punctuated, like, crises-based uh, episodes. I'm going to have to call them episodes. Yeah. But uh, I, I say a pitfall to that is when you deal with crisis after crisis after crisis, it makes the consistent stuff seem mundane as shit. Yeah. And it makes you kind of uh, feel entitled to a degree. Yeah. You're like, You're kind of like, on. don't use me unless you really need me. Right. Or like, like, that. like, I'm ready to walk through the fucking fire to handle business. Yeah. You can call me anytime. I'll do whatever it takes to salvage this situation. But if they're like, hey, I need you to change a light bulb or help with this little yeah, thing. Yeah, I, like, I need you to do some, some. I need you to type up some case notes even though you don't bill, even though yeah. uh, your your salary comes from a grant. Yeah. Um, which I understand. I mean, it, it, it's all about keeping things official. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. You got to play the game. Yeah. And that takes a lot for me to admit. There mm-hmm. were many, many years where I was like, no, I don't. I don't have to play the motherfucking game. No, yeah. you got to play the game. Yeah. Once you play the game and you get in and you understand the rules, then you can navigate that motherfucker. But mm-hmm. um, I, it does. The it's a huge pitfall when you have an occupation where you feel as though you're dealing with big issues, mm-hmm. um, things that other people take for granted. You really feel entitled to do whatever the fuck you want to with yeah. your own free time, and then I think it also kind of cuts into how uh, sensitive you are to the plight of other people yeah. as well, because you're like, because stress is relative. Mm, yeah. You know, stress is relative as fuck. That slow burn stress mm-hmm. that'll kill you just as quick as yeah. some some big crisis based deal yeah. will. Yeah. So I I I will openly admit that the nature of my type of profession is to develop this kind of cynicism that's associated mm-hmm. with it. And now that I've articulated it, I mean, it seems like something that I could actively work on. Like, like you were saying, you have to do both things. I have to do both things, Yeah, but they seem like trainable things rather than attributes yeah. to me. And I, I think what my, my thing is train it's, it's trainable uh, because <clears throat> It's not my place to think of the potential issues and stuff like that of a customer. Yet I do it. That's not your monkey. It's not. It's not what I'm paid to do. You know. Um, but like when you being a fixer again, though. exactly. And so when someone comes to me with an issue, there's <clears throat> part of me is like, okay, you can sell them this solution that will fix it. But there's a deeper thing right there that needs to be done before this can even. Be be worth it, 
Like, yeah, right. I can sell you this. That's fine. But like, there is something with how you're working, you know? And so what happens is that in, in my line of work, a lot of people think that so- a software is going to fix the issues of like you or your business or something like that. So with that, you know, when I asked that question, I asked it uh, last week with Adam, like, how do you fit an elephant into a refrigerator? You know, it's for me, like I said, it's build a bigger refrigerator. I want to create a structure or I want to create, I want to create an infrastructure that makes it easy for these solutions or these other things that you want to buy or adopt that makes them better. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So, um, from the it, bottom it, up, you're, yeah. you're you're building a foundation, yeah. and you're building it from the bottom up. Yeah, and and where and because of my nature, though, I don't like to rush people on that, you know. And so I I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, this should be a multi month type of thing because you've got to get adjusted to understanding how this thing works and you know modifying your work, yeah, how you work and stuff like that. But and then what what backs that up? is that I don't have the type of pressure that other salespeople might have, again, because my salary can keep me afloat. Right. Comfortably afloat, you know? Right. And so, and, and that's sometimes what causes me problems. Um, and I am so, so, so grateful that, that I'm in this position and that they're able to take care of me the way they do and stuff like that. But, like, I still put a lot of pressure on myself, and like one it's of the things like that my, a boundary thing. Yeah, it is. It's a boundary thing, and one of the things that my boss is is like trying to show me is like this is not your place to to handle this issue, you know. But then I put this other type of pressure on me that's like, well, if I don't do it, who's gonna fucking do yeah, it? Yeah, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? And if if they if if it does if it's not done this way, they're going to potentially say this problem is still happening because of this product you sold me. Right. And I, I can't be the person to say, no, it's because your culture is shit. Right. Or it's because the way you're handling this thing is is not the way it's, it should be. But then again, that also comes from, you know, my the majority of my professional career has been in IT. It's been, I've been on the reactive side. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Where it's like there's a problem, I go to your whatever, and I go and fix it. So by doing that so many times, I've been able to see like, okay. Well, it's cause and effect. It's cause cause and effect, effect. yeah. And so being in my role, I feel the need to try to prevent that because I've seen it. Like I can see these things happening from miles away, you know, but I put all this kind of stress on me to make sure that 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 doesn't happen and like that's what's causing me problems. You know right. what I'm saying? And so it's it's hard. Again, it, it's why I don't I would normally wouldn't take days off because I'm always like, okay, if this person, if this issue is not happening with this person, there's something else happening with someone else. And what happens is that I tend to create issues that don't exist, right? I create no, not saying that I create issues that don't exist. I solve problems that no one else sees. Does that make sense? Yeah, that aren't even known to be problems. Yeah, they aren't known to be problems. We could even consider it streamlining some shit. Yeah, I mean, and the, the, uh, I've always liked that mindset that they have with people in like, uh, in technology or in support or any kind of like repair type thing where, or, 
or any type of thing where someone is on like retainer, like a lawyer or something like that, you know? So they're when when shit is fine, they're like, what do we pay you for? But when shit is broken, they're like, what do we pay you for? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I try to be like, I, I try to constantly fix stuff that no one else sees but me. Oh, yeah. And, and also, I think there's an element to that, especially if you do it the way I assume that you do it is you do it and you don't necessarily even go and motherfucking tell somebody you've done it. Um, so, I, I tend, I sometimes do, but I think that comes from times of being like, of needing like an attaboy, you know, when, when I don't hear that enough because I am in a role where no one knows how I do shit, you know? And it's not, it's, it's not a thing about being like, smarter than people like i am from this background and no one else is from there right do you know what i'm saying right. like i come from years of of being on the on the back end of technology or something like that and um and i just see things and and i'm used to being in an environment where everyone else saw the same thing you know all my other coworkers they knew what was going on and <clears throat> we we challenge each other you know what i'm saying and so uh that is that is not here but i'm i'm okay with that but i'm trying to come to grips with the fact that like no one's going to be like oh man you you fixed this issue that no one knew about you know what i'm saying right and, and then give me an attaboy for it they're kind of just like oh you did something it something's not broken but it was not broken to begin with well, and, and and I'm not gonna say that I'm some noble fucking creature for doing this, and yeah. I and I don't even know entirely why I do it, but I'm more much more prone to go and handle biz, mm -hmm. not say anything about handling biz, and yeah. then if I get fucked with about something arbitrary or what I perceive as arbitrary, I'm like, oh really? Is mm -hmm. is that how it is? Again, yeah. it's it's an issue I joust with. It's some yeah. pretension that's associated with it. And I'm not going to lie, I get a little bit of satisfaction over the fact, a little bit, it's mostly anxiety, mm. but I get a little bit of satisfaction out of the, the fact that it seems like out of nowhere, whenever I take days off, shit hits the fucking fan. Mm. And I'm getting text messages and calls from work, and I'm working out logistical issues with property managers mm. or a, a payment that didn't go out or whatever it may be. And I sit and I bitch and I complain about that kind of stuff, but it makes me feel good. I think it's less the attaboy on the top end. It's more the, damn, when Chris isn't here... I didn't know. I I didn't realize what he did until he wasn't around. That's and that's what I'm scared of, is by me not <clears throat> by me not being there and by me being so focused on fixing and preventing things before they actually pop up. Like, am I working myself out of a job by? You know, I, again, this is just me creating a problem, right? And, and possibly enabling. Uh, other people to be less um, invested than they should be. Yeah. If, if you're handling business, like going above and beyond, yeah. and handling business monkeys that aren't yours, mm -hmm. it it does it fosters an environment where whoever's monkey that may be is complacent. It yeah. doesn't allow them to grow either. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's one hundred percent true. Yeah, I, I feel like this time that I'm disconnecting from work, everyone will kind of be like. Oh, nothing went wrong. 
And then I create this problem of them being like, well, why do we need him? Do you know what I mean? And so uh, I know I'm just putting like unnecessary pressure on myself, but it's that pressure that makes me want to try and whoop as much ass as I can while I'm there. It's just trying to find that balance of like, hey, uh, how do I not get stressed about some of that stuff, you know? And, right. and that's why I'm going, you know, like full sprint, like full bore on this vacation, you know, just doing as much stuff to disconnect and just to uh, just to have fun and not think about anything else. Well, you and I were talking about some stuff even before we even thought about recording today. We were talking about direction and clarity and having an ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And like, I can pretty clearly articulate that I always want to have some hand in helping to remedy social issues because mm -hmm. I feel like fundamentally it helps me sleep well at night. And I think it's our civic duty. I think it's our responsibility as countrymen to have some kind of hand in remedying social issues. Sitting back and complaining and, and assigning these values to people based upon political affiliation, suck a dick. That, don't, yeah. that, that does nothing. So I always want to have some hand in that because I feel like, if nothing else, if I'm playing devil's advocate with myself, I feel like it gives me grounds to fucking bitch and complain about stuff mm. because I'm actually out here in these streets trying yeah. to help. Yeah. But beyond that... I just want to have a fucking farm. I want to do some mad scientist shit, grow like uh, gourmet mushrooms. We were talking about, me and my girlfriend were talking about uh, how lucrative like an escargot farm is mm -hmm. per square foot. Like you can produce thousands and thousands of dollars worth of uh, revenue within like two years. I have that clarity. I know that I just want to do grown ass little boy shit mm -hmm. on the mad scientist tip and then I also want to help the community out. Mm -hmm. I know that. That's the end goal. Um and and to have enough extra that I can go places and do things. It's that fucking simple. Do you know what your magnum opus is? Do you know do you have uh the clarity mm -hmm. to know like okay, when I get to this point and I get this shit running, like I said, you know, once I get my my dream fulfilled, that's when the work starts, mm -hmm. you know? Do you have something like that? I think that um I think that what what we're doing here is that thing for me. Um like I've said, I I've always wanted to create a library of my own and just a place where people can can find knowledge and and it not just find knowledge in the sense of like a normal library where everything is kind of static but like find knowledge that's ever changing i know that the person and the things that i've said the person that i am or was and the things that i've said in multiple episodes back is not the same person now i like right i want to show people that like you, if I believe something years ago, that's not the. It, it doesn't mean that I have to believe the same thing now. That's right, and that's a, that's one of the most important things that we could ever stress on our fucking program. Yeah. Is that yes, there are certain things that are in an, a huge indictment of an individual's yeah. character, and and Kalu and I are not going to gloss over that at all. Mm -mm. There are some things, but changing and evolving, yeah. and increasing your your range of knowledge and understanding should be a natural thing. It yeah. shouldn't be viewed as being 
uh, flighty, flaky, inconsistent, hypocritical. Your opinion should evolve mm. based upon the presentation of new information. Yeah, and that's what, and that is my, again, my end goal, if you want to call it, with this, is to have that spot where someone can go through and just hear the hear the change and transition, and that will inspire them to be like, I don't have to be static. It's okay for me to think differently. It's okay for me to stop thinking this way that I've always been, you know? And it's it's okay to be wrong. That's another thing. It's a gift. It's a gift to be wrong. Um, and so that's that's where I think um, my my big end goal is. And I, I see it only being complete when I'm not alive, <laughs> you know? And, and my hope is that someone else carries on with this, is to just be like, okay, here's, you know, we're, we're still taking whatever topics are going on and we're just putting it through the grinder. And like this library, you know, the saloons again is this fountain of ever-changing knowledge. That's, that's what I'd love. Um, and, and so it's, it's weird because, you know, in, in the episode that we did on um, – quarter life crisis where I was talking about how I'm struggling between who people want me to be and who I really am. Like that's, those are the two worlds. Not really. I, I don't want to say they're battling each other because right now one world is responsible for the lifestyle that I live. Right. You know, that guy, the guy's yeah. guy. Yeah, pretty much the guy's guy. Yeah, it is a guy's guy. <laughs> like, one is responsible for the things that I have and all this other kind of stuff. And the other is your edge. It's my edge. Yeah. It's it's the thing that It's where your creativity, mm, your uniqueness, yeah. Your bite, every fucking and thing. And that's the part that I w- wish more people saw. And I wish more people heard. Not for any sort of egocentric thing. It's just to show people that like the job and having stuff doesn't matter. You know? Like yeah. that's not the big thing. I like to flex on people. You know, what I'm saying like that's yeah, I, that's I, just because it's fun. Yeah, it, being braggadocious is fun yeah, as fuck. And, and, pe- fun. and people that hate it, they yeah. just owe sticks in the goddamn. I know, butt. dude. They are sticks in the butt. And so uh, that's why I I just I love I love doing this and like. I literally don't care what people think about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I don't. And like honestly, I, I do in in the sense of like. Hey, is it is it attention grabbing? Does it make you think? I do like that. Yeah, but, but we're, we're I, I give zero fucks about being lauded. If yeah. anything, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, because this is not this is just a vector for information. It just happens to be me and you that are spewing the shit out. But yeah. I think we stumbled upon something that corn dog as it is is much bigger than we are. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the attempt and and I think us trying to at least be champions for the attempt Mm. i think is one of the most important things because people are afraid of the attempt because they're afraid that um it's going to result in some sort of ostracism yeah social ostracism and that's you know that's the thing that um and and you know to clarify to anybody listening the attempt is ambiguous that means free expression without malice that the the desire to seek knowledge, even ignorance, approaching someone with ignorance and laying yourself bare and not being absolutely fucking eviscerated because you don't know any better. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think one of the it, it reminds me of one of the episodes I was listening to uh, maybe it's like two days ago. It was, uh, I think it was like a Hidden Brain uh, uh, podcast. It's by NPR. And um, they were talking, the episode was called like Finding Your Voice or something like that. And it was just how different people have uh, gone through different, you know, like transitions or trials and stuff like that to find that voice that makes them confident or something like that. I think that one of the things that has helped or that this podcast helped do is is it helped me find my voice. And I've, I'm have i a confident person. I never really lacked for a lot of physical. I did lack for physical confidence, but that's a different discussion. You right. know? But just like mental confidence and stuff like that, I, I never really lacked for that. But that is because I knew how to operate well. I can be what other people sort of needed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can call it chameleons. I'm just highly malleable. Well, the, and, you know? and and that's something I was going to touch on earlier mm-hmm. is the notion of code switching. And we've yeah. talked about code switching multiple times. Yeah. It's not being disingenuous. No, it's not. You're you're essentially it's it's a high level of social functioning. You're speaking someone's l- language, and it's yeah. there's a difference between being patronizing. Mm-hmm. With something being over the top yeah. regarding like colloquial language mm-hmm. or whatever, and actually meeting somebody yeah. where they're at. Yeah, you know it's funny because the other uh, the other day my wife was you know she was talking about how when when she is on the floor as a nurse, she picks up this southern super southern accent when it she's puts people at ease. It too. puts people at ease. Yeah, but it, I, what I didn't say is that she would like shit on me for having my like sales voice you know what i'm saying you guys my, guy. yeah my guy's guy voice or my <laughs> uh whatever you want to call it where it's like where she'll be like dude who are you you're being fake or something like that but it's like there's nothing wrong with having that type of it's a thing. tool it's a tool it's a fucking tool yeah just because something doesn't isn't like a tangible thing that you can hold in your hand does not mean actually most tools are not something that you hold in your yeah. fucking hand yeah that's the truth and so when I, again, the reason why I was saying that is that I didn't lack for confidence because I had mastered that skill set much early on. I was the kid in high school. Again, I could hang out with any group of people, right? So the same thing just translated to when I was older. I can hang out with like, you know, rednecks and all these other type of people and stuff like that. But I did not have my voice. Your core self yeah. wasn't represented. Yeah. And so this part right here helped me out a lot because I had I learned that it didn't matter if I was wrong you know it's the fact like we've always said is that I'm making the attempt and and that's something that is is severely lacking in this society everyone wants this person that is 100% perfect and they get it right all the time like purity test purity test yeah and so I and I remember I would get into you know, early on in this podcast, I would get into arguments with people outside of of this, where it's like you said something and you have a problem with it, or, or you know that person has a problem with it, this, that, or the other. But like, I I used to get overly defensive about it, like maybe I should be right about it, but it's like no, the pro- the reason why we're in this shitty situation. Uh, just societally, in my opinion, where people are kind of afraid to say things is because of that very notion. And that's why we went for a, a, a good streak of episodes where at the end of them, we'd be like, if we get crucified for some shit, cool. At least we're trying. 
Well, and and I've said the and I'll paraphrase, but I've said the Patrice O'Neill quote. Yep. That that good jokes and bad jokes come from the same place. Oh yeah. You don't know if the joke is funny or unfunny until you make the attempt. And I will always fight for the attempt. Yeah. That's the paraphrase of that. And a lot of people would look at his catalog of work and be like, well, that's misogynistic, that's homophobic, that's racist, blah, 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 blah. It, it's deliberate. Yeah. It was an art. Yep. It, it is an art. And in his ability to play on mm-hmm. human emotion yeah. and language and the implications of things and hit on parts of people that aren't hit on. Yeah. Making people feel things, I feel like, is the most fundamental, beautiful element of mm-hmm. comedy and really art in general. This comedy where you sit on stage and keep it PG and you try and yeah. make everybody giggle a little bit, it's hollow. Yep. It's the same thing as our little functional like pleasantries personality. You see somebody you went to high school with and you make small talk with them at the fucking grocery mm-hmm. store. I tell you what, you know how I knew that me and you was cool? How's that? I remember the very motherfucker. Like, aside from me and you being in class together and, and destroying people in in-class <laughs> yeah. debates yeah. about stuff... We were at, it was Utley's or Dark Star. Uh-huh. Remember back yeah. when it was that shit over there on the square, and I had my dreadlocks, mm-hmm. and I was doing wild boy shit, and you was just watching me act up and talk crazy to people, and I could see the life in your eyes, yeah. like this motherfucker really doesn't care. And yeah. I looked at you like he gets it. <laughs> He's not there yet. Yeah, because yeah. that was years yeah, ago, years dog. Ago. Like that was a, that was a decade, mm-hmm. probably at least ago. But I was like. He gets it. He's in there mm-hmm. when he's ready. And I mean, you've always been cool, but I've always been cooler with that part of you that the the evil part of clue. Yeah, That's yeah. my favorite shit. Yeah. Was, is getting you to giggle about some stuff that in front of X, Y, and Z people you would never yeah, fucking I would touch. Never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a and and, and again part of uh, that the moments like that contributed to me finding my voice and being happy with it, you know? And so uh, going back to what we were, you know, originally saying, um, this, you know, this has helped to find my voice. And, and my, my goal is that this will help other people find their voice, you know, not oh, so yeah. much the, the, the subject matter. It's not so much about that. It's the fact that someone is going out there and putting themselves out there that's it. And, and there's there's an absence of subject matter, generally speaking. Yeah. I mean, and I know that we talk about, we, we try to attack, you know, difficult topics and things of that nature. Yeah. But the whole idea behind this was much more concrete when we started than than how it is now. Mm. It's a, it's an enormous abstraction of, of our original vision of what it is. Yeah. We had all this clarity to begin with, mm-hmm. and now we're like... Let's just. Well, where, where's this motherfucker going? Let's I take think it. We had. I, I think I have. We have more clarity now, um, but I like to say that we learned throughout the process, and it's the it's the thing that you came up with. We learned to travel lightly, I and think so we thought that you know we, we had this thought thing we of, had yeah we, we, we thought, thought we had more clarity yeah we thought we needed all this type all of this st- tangible exactly. shit. And and as we yeah, go further, right. it's like we don't need this thing, we don't need that thing, you know. And uh, here we are sitting, you know. I'm, you know, sitting there. I'm looking at these uh, sound panels 
you know, that we that we've yet to put up on oh, on the wall. But like that was I start to sit there and wonder, like, was that part of this whole like idea of we need to have X, Y, Z? Yeah. Do you see and, what I mean? And, and then it, it it's in keeping with whenever people approach us and they ask us about our methodology. Yeah. They're like, how do you all prepare for podcasts? And I'm like, we fucking don't. Yeah. We we came up with this what just three four minutes before we hit the record button. Yeah, we're still we're just winging this shit. Yeah, and if it's terrible, it's terrible. But yeah, I'm but it's like I feel better just talking about it. But I want to I want to go back to the uh, the sprinting versus the marathon concept. I wonder if there's any other person out there listening that kind of has that same type of mentality. Like where where do where would you say most people function best? Is it in the sprint type of thing or is it more in the marathon? I think, I think the most functional members of society, uh, according to convention, are overwhelmingly going to be the marathon people. Would you say so? Yeah. I would say the people that, that thrive on consistency. Um, I think there are fewer of us that thrive in chaos. Yeah. I, I think just... And and I think honestly, most professions demand much more of a consistent, you know. And, and I'm not trying to denigrate these positions by any means, but a, a much more consistent, in some cases monotonous, uh, you know, punch your time card, yeah. go home type of situation, as opposed to showing up to work and being there 15 minutes and getting a call that some wild shit has popped off, yeah. and all your plans for the rest of the day have been put on hold because you got this crisis that you got to deal with. I also want to say that I think that chaos is relative. Um, As I sit there and as I sit and and talk about how the way that my mind works is that I view, I put everything on this mental Gantt chart, you know, where there's this long end goal or something like that. When I, when I have something like a sales quota or a monthly quota that seems so much like a like a chaotic sprint to me you know because i just don't think of things in like a month from now do you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i think of things that when i say like a month from now that seems so short term as because as we get older like a month fucking flies by whereas whereas i'm like this shit has to get done by noon today yeah yeah if you hit me with some shit like that i would like i would be so nervous. Whereas I, whereas I hit it, it I don't want to call it flow state, but I'm like operate, operate, yeah. operate, go, get it done, get it done, and then at the other end of it, you're like, holy fucking mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, again, I was I was just saying that like the the chaos and and all that kind of stuff is 100 percent relative, and and again, some people are a lot of people in sales roles they can just be like, oh yeah, you know, this month I'm going to do these things or something, but my head just doesn't. At this moment, it doesn't work as well as I would like it to, you know. Okay. And so I'm, you know, I'm trying to train myself and 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 read things and figure out how to get in that point of view and not have to put a bunch of the pressure on myself. Well, so let's let's take a little bit of inventory here. If you were to add up the components that result in you know this collective of behaviors. Um, genetics plays a role yes. in everything to yeah, some yeah, degree, yeah. our predilections. So if you look at the collective of things that you enjoy or interested in, whatever, um, 
add that to the mix. Paint that as part of your mosaic of who uh-huh. you are. The socialization process, and there's a lot of muddling between genetics and the socialization mm-hmm. process. Um, throw that in there, in the mosaic of of who you are as a human being. Then, after you've made those objective acknowledgments at the most baseline level of what you're dealing with, like I have a propensity, whether it be the combination of genetics and socialization, whatever, to procrastinate Mm -hmm. and be a perfectionist. You have to make that acknowledgement. But once you make that acknowledgement, that's the beginning. Mm -hmm. You make those acknowledgements about that mosaic of who you fucking are through genetics and the socialization process and everything. That's what you've got to work with. And you start from there creating who you want to be. Mm And augmenting, you know, you you can augment a strength. You can bolster something that you have as a weakness to put it on par where you want it to be. But something that we, you know, we're talking about sprinters and we're talking about marathon runners, those are predispositions, but that doesn't mean that you are allowed to walk around out here and make excuses about, well, I'm just this way. Yeah. I'm just I'm just this way because you're not a static entity. And that's what I'm trying to avoid is having that and I start to feel like that whenever I have like my monthly meetings with my boss cuz I keep a lot of my times I a lot of times I find myself being like, "Well, I come from this environment and I'm really getting tired of me saying that." You know, like I'm just like I need to figure out how to not view people in the you know long 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 term type of marathons or just view my interactions with people in long term and long marathons like be, deal more moment to moment type yeah. stuff dial it back yeah i need to learn how to dial it back you know for do you think that that could even have a bearing upon how we and this is going down a little bit of a rabbit hole but like you know people have different perceptions yeah. of any number of things mm-hmm. Um, sensory stuff across the board. We all experience the world differently from a biological standpoint. Do you think that conceptually, like our how we view time psychologically, could vary? Yes. And oh, like one hundred percent. Because again, if you look at other cultures, like if yeah. you, there there are certain cultures. I, I, what is it? Uh, Tonga. It's a uh, in yeah. The I know where pa- Tonga. Pa- yeah. Pacific mm-hmm. Islands. Um a lot of normative practices center around ambiguity when it comes to when you're going to do something. Yeah, like, like hey, don't tell someone from Tonga to get something done. Yeah, like, yeah, like, don't get we, it done we, when they get it yeah, done. Yeah, <laughs> will you come and, and dig this uh, this trench for me? I'll yeah. pay you this. And it'll be like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll get to it. Yeah. And it could be a motherfucking year from there, and it's totally socially acceptable. And obviously I'm, I'm playing it fast and loose just based upon yeah. uh, some things that I was told by an old professor of mine who was in the Peace Corps in Tonga. But um, it's quite possible, and it's something I think that's worth considering, that each of us experiences time differently. Mm. And it's also probably not something static either, that we can train ourselves to experience time in a more savory capacity. Mm-hmm. Or in this large macro long term capacity, and those two things are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Yeah, yeah. I think that for for me, the big thing, and it's it's going to be because of like genetics and stuff like that, or just how I was raised, is the idea of legacy. You oh, know, yeah. of like making sure that you can whip as much ass because your your legacy isn't really 
it, it doesn't start while you're alive. You know, it starts when you're dead. And and it starts in the things that you've done for other people. And it's also a recognition that it is a long process. It's it's something that you are planting seeds and you're doing all these different things and making these changes so that when you're gone, you're like, you know, or people can say like, oh shit, you know, this thing that happened to me was because of a teaching or because of this person or something like that. And so because I have that, I'm so like laser focused on legacy and stuff like that. It makes me impatient with other people because I'm sitting here looking long-term with you and I expect you to do these, make these changes because like there's this way bigger goal later on down the right. line. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, don't you want to leave something fucking awesome behind? And some people are just like, no, I just want to enjoy today. You know what I'm saying? And so it makes it hard because of our different concepts in time. It makes it hard for me to enjoy right now because I'm thinking so far ahead. And so this sprint that I'm taking uh, from, from, you know, Friday until this coming Thursday is me trying to live in that day. And it's tough. Yeah. And it's, you, you do a sprint, then, you know, hands on your hips, walk it back to the blocks. Yeah. Take a breather, set mm-hmm. back up, sprint again. I yep. mean, it, it is very, and, and I know that you and I go out of our way to create these analogies, but mm-hmm. that's the closest thing that we can liken it to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and something that I think that a lot of people, and, and I forget what it was that you said fucking, I don't know, 30 minutes ago mm-hmm. that made me think of it, was, um, oh, regarding tools. And I think it's, if you've got half a, a fucking brain, you know that language is a tool. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's been one of the most instrumental things for the proliferation of the human race, mm-hmm. if not the most. At no point can I see benefits to using language in a weaponized capacity versus a cooperative capacity because the derivation of language regarding our species was the was the ability to cooperate. Yeah, it, it's the way to connect. That's that's it. That's and, why and 97% language... of communication is nonverbal. Right. <laughs> so this connection, this this creation of language, nonverbal, verbal, yeah. language is a means of connection and cooperation mm-hmm. and that has led to our proliferation. So why? Why would it make sense that all of a sudden in modernity using language in a weaponized capacity has any benefit whatsoever? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think that, I don't think it has, I I agree, it doesn't have a benefit, but I think when people use and weaponize language, they're, they're going against nature. You know what I'm saying? They're 100% going against who they are. And and cognitive dissonance. Yeah. That's the whole basis for weaponizing language is to reinforce your pre existing viewpoint and or denigrate an opposing viewpoint. Yeah. And so, and again, to, to go into that, I feel like I tend to weaponize the language centered around time because I have this type of view of it. And I think that other, it makes me think that other people are lazy. Oh yeah. Or it makes me think that they're unproductive and all this other stuff because, 
because language and, and how I've been taught and raised about time and legacy and all this other kind of stuff, like it makes me be like, why are you doing this? Why are, why aren't you trying to whip all the ass in life and do this, that or the other? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's something that I've got to be better about. And, and my time and you know why I said also when I was, when I mentioned that like 97% of communication is nonverbal is that I am trying to, on this sprint that I'm taking from Friday until Thursday, I'm trying to get back in tune with that. And I'm trying to like do a lot more listening, uh, listening to myself and just listening to other people because when I'm in that work mode again, I stay on the project kind of thing. And, and I tend to gloss over the little things because I'm thinking so big picture. And so now I'm, I'm trying to work on, you know, these, these tiny, tiny, tiny issues. And it kind of, it drives me a little bit crazy. But like I said, I was able to do these things like having the two a day workout, but like, and then also going and trail riding. And, you know, I woke up early today or somewhat early today, you know, made some breakfast, had some coffee, some oatmeal. And like, I'm like ready to whoop ass again. You know what I'm saying? But I also had it in my head, like, oh, I'm going to go lift heavy today and do all this other stuff. But it's like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to enjoy. And this is one of those days where I don't, again, because I'm on the sprint, I am not thinking of having work tomorrow because there is no work tomorrow. So that's out of the way. That's been forced out of the way. Well, it's almost, it, it, it's almost like a missing piece of the hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That, that makes total that, sense. It's a natural, we are programmed as organisms in general, not just human beings to accomplish some task. And yeah. it, if we don't feel as though we have been satiated. Spe- socially, men especially. Oh, yeah. We've got to have some kind of thing purpose. that we're doing. Purpose. And, yeah. and it's... It's part of hegemonic masculinity. Yeah, I mean, fall it, into place. It, yeah. And again, we went in, we went down that rabbit hole with Mark Twain talking mm-hmm. about how, goddamn, this stuff goes back hundreds of thousands of years, even. But if if I were to take one overreaching, over encompassing abstraction and apply it to what we've been discussing, is us always trying to check ourselves when it comes to assigning ourselves static values. Mm. You can acknowledge your predispositions. You can acknowledge where you're at, but don't sit there and say, well, I'm just this way. Yeah. You're giving yourself a fucking pass. Yeah. You're not excused. No. You're not excused from, and I've said it before, you're not excused from life today on the pretense of your past. You're not excused from from being better, being different. Because you think that you you were just born this way. No, it doesn't mean you can't change. And and again, like it, it, it all kinds of quirky shit gets thrown in there. Stuff that's relatively benign, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's a slippery slope for us to assign again a plastic entity and a dynamic, ever evolving entity like ourselves these static values because yeah. we're not just changing year to year or decade to decade. We are literally changing from moment to moment from moment to moment then that that's you know what's funny that's how i need to start viewing life you know it's because when you when you stick your life again please look up a gantt chart g-a-n-t-t when when you do what i do and put life on a gantt chart 
you're you're looking at like timelines, decades, years. But I should be, or maybe not so much that I should be. Like maybe it would help to look at things from moment to moment. And when I look at and, things from and do moment, both. yeah, and do both, yeah. And but when I start to look at things from moment to moment, it may it may help me be like, hey, I've grown through, I've grown here a little bit, you know. And so it it would give me a little bit more, if you want to call it immediate satisfaction, where I'm like, I hate, not that I hate, like, I get this satisfaction looking at something like years down the line or something like that. Look at how much I've grown. But if in, in, in from the moment I start something or whatever to the moment it's finished, there's a ton of different moments. Do you see what I'm and, saying? And I there. think, and I think, oftentimes that's where things like epiphanies reside. Yeah. I think that it, it, we we're at a risk of falling into a rut mm-hmm. if we don't have this this ability, this tool ad, added to our little toolkit or whatever you want to call it, the ability to stop what you're fucking doing and just and, just reflect. Yeah, or look at a fucking ant carrying a a goddamn crumb back yeah. to the ant hill or whatever. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I know I use these corny ass motherfucking references, but no shit. Watching the minutia unfold around you and acknowledging that it's such a gift to feel like, holy shit, like time, reality, everything marches on without my ass. Mm-hmm. It's liberating as fuck. Yeah. 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 Well, dude, this is, you know, today is my, my wife's birthday and uh, I want to... I want to go ahead and cut. I I feel good just sitting here and talking. You know, yeah. I felt I feel like I really needed this, and truthfully, I'm probably going to like record more stuff on during my time off because I feel like there's a lot more epiphanies. There's a lot more things that are just going to pop up in my head. Um, again, I I'm on a sprint, and I'm really glad that we've been able to that I can give what I'm going through a name uh, because I am sort of moving a lot of stuff out of the way and just going. Yeah. And, and then, you know, when it, at the end of that sprint, again, there's that fundamental element of you stop, yeah. hands on your hips, walk it back to the blocks. Yeah, yeah. And as I, as I get further or if, as I get deeper into this sprint, if you will, like I also get a little bit more excited to come back, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's something I'm... And I didn't get to do that on the last like vacation that we took like last year because I was just sort of thinking and thinking and thinking like, oh, I've got all this shit that I've got to do. Does that? I don't know how to properly explain it. That Something, was when you was on the road scripting though and you was preoccupied yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but like I'm thinking like when, I, when we were on the road going to like uh, Alabama, when we were going to Gulf Shores, like I had this itinerary of all the shit that I want to do, like – the, and and then of course I had like okay I've got to make sure that my wife's having a good time got to make sure my stepdaughter's having a good time got to make sure all this other stuff I've got to pay all this money for a hotel for food for this blah 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 but now I'm just like hey go and do your thing you're doing a staycation you can go and lay in the pool you can go and do whatever and so it's something about this time off feels different and feels better. Um, and so I'm 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 excited for the things I'm going to learn. So I, I do want to thank you for uh, letting me sit and complain. You're welcome, bitch. I know. <laughs> and just try to work my way through things. But uh, 
on that tip, it is my wife's birthday, and I do want to send a, a special shout out to her. She turned thirty five. Uh, I think happy for, birthday. Yeah, I think forty is the new like thirty. You know, so or is the new thirty five? And depend I think, on how brown skin you are. I know I'm gonna be sexy as fuck <laughs> at forty. But uh, oh, Idris Elba, look I at know, ass. I know, dressing like Obama still though. Not today though. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm I'm just I'm excited for her. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to to many more birthdays and and all that good stuff. So this is a an interesting time because birthday is today. Two weeks from now is our anniversary. Three weeks from now is my birthday. So we're just gonna be poor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like on on our anniversary, it's it's, it's August first, so we're gonna pay bills. <laughs> you know? Well, you know. And then there's a week later, it's like, oh sweet, there's a birthday. Well, and that's something my my girlfriend and I have discussed just recently. We're like, you know what? We we've, we've been having a lot of fun together. Yeah. But if we're gonna do something with this, it's time for us to settle the fuck down. Yeah. Do some budgeting. Yeah. You know, I I need to get back to my old ways of like getting manager specials and yeah. throwing them in the freezer and mm-hmm. and cooking from what we have instead of yeah hey. Would somebody like rack a fucking lamb tonight? Yeah, yeah, dude. Let me tell you, it's it's been a a uh, a good adjustment. Again, there was there was we were able to live fine on like on just my my money, you know. But now that she's working, like I'm trying so hard not to be irresponsible and shit like that. I'm just like, let's go buy everything. You need to buy a boat. Me and you on uh, a boat that. would be great. No, come on. You know what? Pontu and Joku, dog. Yeah, no. I learned that when you have a pool, it, you just dig a hole in the ground and just pour your money into it. That's what you do. You just pour your money into it. When you have a pool, you mean a boat? No, a pool. A pool? Yeah, I'm saying that having one, it's like I don't want to. I don't want. I don't think I ever want to reach a type of opulence where I start thinking about having a boat. Bitch, you need a boat. Hell no. Look, that's how you know that you've arrived if you got a boat, no, especially nope. if it's got a mast on it. Oh God, no. And, an, and a and a lady's name. Yeah, no, not not me at all. Um, but I would name my boat something like "Bitch Better Have My Money." <laughs> I would name it something cool like that. But. Uh, no, it's uh, it's it's been cool, and you know we're we're still finding our our structure and stuff like that of budgeting, and uh, I think we we do we do pretty well with it, uh, but I'm just I'm excited for what's going to happen further on down the line. You know, we we're on the war path. We want to slay like college debt and shit like that, and get to where you are. You know what I'm saying? Where like you're college debt free. Like there's millions it's, of it's Americans. It's dope. I don't make as much money as Kalu does, but still, I don't though. I don't have uh. Any college did. Yeah, that's that's one thing that oh man, I wish it was gone. And so I, we we want to go hard. God damn on it. it! I swear to God, it it has an oppressive effect on it, a human yeah. being that when you don't have it, you didn't even you don't even realize how stressful the shit is until yeah. it doesn't exist yeah. anymore. That's what I'm. That's what I'm wanting oh, to get done. Bro, it's a it's a looming shadow. Yes, yes. I'm ready for that to go away. And uh, so we're we're certainly on the warpath with handling that stuff. But again, I just wanted to say all that aside. Happy birthday uh, to my wife, and uh, I hope that uh, you have an awesome awesome day today. We're gonna be having some family over and cooking some food. She likes to cook on her own birthday, um, which which I'm cool with. Me we too. Did, yeah, we did stuff last night. But like she wants to like cook a cook a big meal for people. So I'm like okay. And before I left, she was making apple pie. She's making some bird. Huh? She cooking some bird up. Yeah, she is cooking some actually. Uh no, no. Not she ain't bird. cooking no bird. No, this is steak. 
So she's doing some uh, steak shish kebabs, you know, and then she's uh, making apple pie and some mac and cheese and all kinds of crazy shit. So you slut, you are gonna just slather yourself in macaroni I'm, and cheese? No, I'm gonna. You? I've been actually really good the past like two weeks. I've been like on the warpath of like killing it. Like I said, I've been you know taking care of myself. Yeah, how much did you lose? Twelve pounds down in two weeks. So uh, I feel I feel solid, man. I, I had a little bit of a. I felt good about it. Um, I ate pretty good last night at Smoky Bones again, uh, uh, but I didn't finish my food. It, 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 it's also because it's hot. Like I don't know if you're like this. When it gets hot, like bro, bro, I'm I, not hungry. Well, and and I get made fun of by the my weightlifting buddies. Yeah. But I mean, I'm still not a regular ass mortal or yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But I've lost. I'm down to like 185. I was walking around about 205. Yeah. But golly, would it be in 90 something degrees? Cutting yeah. that 20 pounds has made a Ugh. huge difference, yeah. bro. Yeah. I, I don't like feeling disgusting. Yeah. And, and, and then hot. I'm, and in cl- no clothing ever yeah. fit. Like yeah. busted can of yep. biscuits type yep. shit. Ass popping out of them jeans. Like boy. she's baking bread in her shoe. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, do we have any shameless shout outs? Well, obviously, we got to uh, give a shameless shout out to uh, Daddy No Neck, Daddy Ty- no Tyler Neck. Young at Grade 8 Performance. Uh, the man's killing it. He just got a, he just got sponsored by uh, Cerberus. Cer- yeah, I don't know who that is. But you don't know who that is? No, I don't. Look, they've got the dopest fucking knee sleeves and elbow sleeves and wrist wraps. Like, Oh. Yeah, well, there's S- SBD's dope. Yeah. I'm not shitting on If Cerberus is listening, like, y'all are my favorite. Y'all yeah. are who I have. He's, all he recommended shit. Cerberus yeah, uh, I've got, elbow strips. I've got, I've got knee sleeves. I got elbow sleeves. I fucked up because I was trying to be a little bit humble, and I got yeah medium uh uh elbow sleeves and they don't work because i don't have medium size arms <laughs> but yeah, shout out to tyler young grade eight performance shout out to uh cerberus they make incredible fucking products and tyler's on their squad now so proud of him Dude, he's doing so his awesome. thing that's so awesome uh, I always want to give a uh, shout out to Josh Biggs at Fuel Nutrition Bartley Weaver uh, Dreamweaver Fit uh uh Ryan Hines. Ryan Hines at CEO underscore Oxology Labs on uh, on Instagram. Uh, they're all doing JP. great things. JP Man, Hefty Lefty Club Works. Uh, everyone's doing awesome stuff, and uh, uh, I'm just proud of I'm proud of the people that we've met. I'm proud of the the growth that everyone has has been going through. I'm just looking forward to to doing more cool shit. So. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for your time. This was actually one of our short ones. Yeah, it was. But I'm okay with it. I'm totally okay with it. But I hope you guys have an awesome week. I will be on vacation, so don't fucking call me. Don't email me. Yeah. Don't do none of that shit. No, it's, you can absolutely call, email, or whatever. Look, I'm not going to be on vacation, but per usual, just don't fuck with me at all. <laughs> I will not respond. Chris won't answer your phone I will not answer. I, like, I, even people that I love dearly, I'm like, <laughs> I can't deal with you right now. I got to yeah. just sit here. I, I know when I've called you, I know I know you're thinking like, Clue's shaking right now. Clue's <laughs> <Clu, laughs> anger. And listen, bitch, I am. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, Chris, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh man, I know you're looking down at the phone. You're like, <laughs> look, I, 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 but Kaluto understand he still gets treated special. He gets. Oh, I answer the phone more for him than I do. There's there's about half a dozen people I'll even goddamn answer the phone for, <laughs> and you're one of them. Oh, thanks, love. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, we're out. Enjoy your day and your week. Whoop all the ass, and we love you. Peace.